Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. One, two, one, two. We are back. Another week of the Amiibros podcast. I am one third. Just It's not one half this week. We're back to one third. Your boy D-Mart's back. Fellas, how we feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, it's 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 a it's, great. I'm feeling really good right now. Um, it's been a, a a long night last night. Um, it's getting cold here in Atlanta, and uh, the furnace wasn't working correctly. Had to get it fixed. Uh, so last night it was about sixty three oh, degrees good. the entire night, which meant all the kids slept in the same bed with us. Which meant I couldn't you move no sleep. or yeah. get up to go take a piss because my one year old was laying on my stomach. So I just gritted and bared it out the entire night. Uh, I didn't sleep very well, but I'm on some coffee. I got uh, I got some caffeine in the system. Let's get it. Let's do it, JDZ. How we feeling, man? We're good. I, I listened to the episode last week, and I felt like you guys were agreeing a lot. My boy, uh, where our boy, where our best friends Cam was like, yeah, you know, Dame went there. You guys are agreeing the whole time. So yeah, that's what. Um, let's get back to this today. debate. Yeah. I want, I want, you know, we need to get back to the debate. We need to get back to some talking, some trash. So I'm excited well, to get back to it. But Jeremy, how you feeling, bro? You good? I'll tell you this. Last week, Jared and I did agree on a lot, and it made me very, very nervous. Even during the podcast, I was thinking, we should not have the same opinion on this. This means something bad is going to happen. Uh, and <laughs> that was generally the consensus on the picks that we picked the same. Um, but I think uh, this week... You guys should 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 wash, right, on all your picks, if you guys were agreeing on everything, right? Both two, all your picks should wash? Yeah, so we were, we were, okay. we were pretty much okay. the same. Uh, one of the... The picks that I messed up on, though, was some sabotage because I picked the Lions plus two and a half against the Bears because they were playing against the Bears. And then uh, with two hours to go before the game, and then Matt Stafford decides not to play. So um, sabotage. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, other than that, it was good. Yeah, sabotage. Vegas is smiling upon you. But uh, let's introduce the podcast. First of all, thanks for all the listeners tuning in to us every week, sharing us. We appreciate you guys. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Let's start NFL. Um, Saints lose to the Falcons. Uh, I'm sure Jeremy's going to have some uh, some very interesting words about that that whole ordeal. Uh, 49ers lose to the Seahawks. We saw a lot from my boy uh, Russell Wilson. He uh, really showed why him and Lamar are just right, like literally neck and neck uh, for the MVP. Uh, but just just pertaining these two to these two games, gentlemen, Saints and the Falcons, 49ers and Seahawks. Uh, which loss was a bigger deal? Um, the 49ers or the Saints? Let's start with Jared, and I can't wait to hear Jeremy's Jeremy's uh, soliloquy about his Saints losing to the sorry ass Falcons. Let's go. Uh, don't get too ahead. Let's debate. I don't want to hear you guys agree on nothing. Uh, no, today. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself. You guys probably lose to the Falcons this week. Losing losing our edge. So, Damon, I I, I definitely want to touch on what you just said, which I thought was nonsense. Russell Wilson didn't prove anything about him being MVP that last week. Now, Russell Wilson, I think, has the best case of it, case to say from a statistical perspective he's the MVP. But he was he was not good on Monday. Jared, night. you obviously didn't watch that game. I watched the game. He had at the end of regulation, he had 155 yards passing. The team he scored on two possessions. One of the possessions, the team gave him the ball on the 15 yard line after they 
uh, sacked and strip sacked Jimmy Garoppolo for what seemed like the 35th time. And then they gave him a ball on a uh, where where they returned a punt inside the 50. Now, did he get a bad luck on one of the, the other drives where they fumbled the ball? Yes. But Two his drives. scoring possessions, uh, who, who else fumbled besides the Metcalf? Uh, the running back when they were on the 49ers 40. First play, the first possession of the second half. I don't remember the running back phone, but okay. But even, so, so yes, you can say that. But here's the thing: if you look at the situation, his QBR was a 44. He at the end of the game, he got bailed out because he threw a terrible interception after he got the ball first in overtime, and the kicker just missed a 47 yarder, which is not a give me. Uh, and then after that, he gets the ball back again, doesn't score. Then the 49ers get the ball back again. Don't score. Don't waste any time. And so he gets the ball the third yeah, possession of overtime. What did he score and he the second time? Uh, he had a drop. I'm not going to tell you that. that but that, <laughs> a drop that on third down. <laughs> that doesn't play. But here's Russ the thing, not playing well. <laughs> uh, I'm not telling you Russ didn't play well, but he didn't play MVP. Like, literally, if you looked at that game, and I don't think anybody here would argue, Russell didn't have nearly his best game. But after the game, because they won, the narrative was, Russell Wilson. But if Russell Wilson had just thrown that interception and then the kicker makes the kick, the narrative is not Russell Wilson played great. The narrative is Russell Wilson choked the game away. Jerry, so, Jerry, I'm going to ask one question. I want you to respond sure. to this part. So everybody says Tom Brady has no weapons. And Russell Wilson is out there playing with two people who were cut by the Patriots this year at the receiver position. Do you not think that plays into the Russell MVP discussion? I, I will say this. Russell Wilson can make any tight end look good. I think Russell Wilson is, throws the best intermediate uh, touch pass in, in in the league. Outside so, of Breeze, but yeah. Maybe. I still think he's, I think he's more accurate than Breeze right now is. But mm-hmm. with that being – and the reason is, and the reason I, I think that is, is because Breeze can't throw it deep, so nobody really they, – they sit on that pass now. But I'll get into that. I think ultimately, Russell Wilson, like if you want to make that argument, that's a great argument. And that's why I said I think statistically he can make an argument for being the MVP. But if you're going to make that argument based on the fact that he's got he's leading the NFL in touchdown passes, then this game where he has one touchdown pass, one interception, and and you know up until overtime he had 155 yards passing in the, in the first you know in regulation. I don't think it was an MVP kind of game, but. Back on the topic, which one was a, a a bigger concern? I think it was obviously the Saints. And I'm not telling you that because I think the hell of the Saints are now, they're not good, et cetera. But I think what happened was I think the Saints got exposed for their their major issue that they have. And it was the Falcons did not give any any credence to the Saints' ability to throw the ball down the field. Uh, if you watch that game, they they played basically – they, they left no safeties back. They moved everybody up close. They said, hey, look, any short pass going to Michael Thomas or going to Alvin Kamara, we're taking it away, and, we're, and, and we will dare you guys really? to throw the ball down the field. They took away, yes. away Michael really. Thomas, who had 15 catches for 150 yards? I said they took away the short catches. Here, and here's the thing, Jeremy. The game was over. Michael, Michael Thomas on the last drive had 55 yards receiving no, on the last didn't. drive. No, he did He did. I will bet you $1,000. He had 55 yards receiving on the final drive. So when you look at it, he had 100 yards up into that drive. So at the end of the day, I'm not telling you that the Saints' offense is, is you know, the, the Patriots where they can't, you know, do anything. But what I will tell you is 
that offense is not the explosive offense that we think of when we think of the Saints. Now, when I think of the game, I think both teams had a significant injuries that affected the game. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore getting hurt for the Saints. From that point forward, Julio Jones, you know, started dominating. He had zero catches on four targets before he got injured. And once he got injured, then all of a sudden he catches, I think it was 60 yard pass or something like, or 40 something yard pass the next play. Mm, uh, so I'm not telling you that. Huh? 54. 54. What? Okay. So, um, I'm not telling you that there's there's some huge concern there, but I took a lot of positives out of the 49ers game. 49ers dur- either during the game had an injury or missed the game. Uh, had Kittle get hurt. Kittle is the best tight end in football, in my opinion. Worst case scenario, he's the second best to, to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think he's better because I think he's a better run block- blocker and he also can catch the ball. They had their number one running back, their starting running back, Matt Breida, get hurt in the game, uh, missed the, most of the second half. And they had their number one receiver, uh, Emmanuel Sanders get hurt when they're up 10-0 on a punt return, never come back in the game. So you take away any team's top three receiving or rushing options, it's going to be tough for them to win the game. Uh, and I thought when you looked at the game, they their kicker was missing. And so obviously there's going to be some people that say, oh, well, you know, maybe Robbie Gold doesn't make the 47-yard field goal at the beginning. And that's true. But I would bet my money on it that I give Robbie Golding much greater likelihood of him making those two 47-yard kicks than I would give the rookie kicker who looked like, um, you know, the A superstar amateur for, golfer. For four quarters. Oh, he looked great, but he, but he looked like I, – I'll, I'll give Damon, Damon, you t- – well, Damon, I'll tell you this is what it really reminded me of. I've had many of these rounds of golf where – and, and Jeremy, you'll you remember this. When we went to Paiute Wolf and I was playing, we were playing and I was having the round of my life. And this is, this is probably six years ago. And I was six over through 14 and I was, I was balling and I was literally hitting three wood the entire round. And what did I do? Got to, to, uh, to 15 and I pulled my driver out and I sliced it into the desert. And from that point forward, I played, I want to say next, Four holes, I played 12 over. Like, it was a disaster. Um, and, and literally, all I had to do was I tried to do something that was out of my comfort zone. I got there and was like, let me try to, you know, hit this masterful drive on a par five, as opposed to me just putting the ball in the fairway and, and calling it. And what happened is it looks like he just tried to overkick it. And he, he snap hooked it, and that was the game. So if I looked at it and said, all right, if he makes that kick, well, you beat a team that is well, now they're eight and two. They would have been seven and three. You beat a seven and three team on a night where Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought, played poorly. On a night where Jadavion Clowney has the game of his life, where you're missing three of your top offensive weapons, and you still find out a way to get a dub. Um, the the concern I would have with the 49ers moving forward is Garoppolo did not look comfortable. Uh, he looked like the moment was a little too big for him. So I don't have that concern with the Saints. But my concern with the Saints is. Do they have the ability to stretch the to stretch the defense? I think part of that is Drew Brees. Um, I just don't think he has the arm strength he used to. I think a part of that too is they don't have a guy like Ted Ted Ginn is. I mean, he's he's still fast, but like Ted Ginn. I mean, I think he got drafted in 06. Like he's not the guy you you want as your number two receiver. And I, I think they did a disservice to the Saints by not giving him another deep threat. And your your guys out right now, right, Jeremy Taekwon? Whatever. Trickon Smith, he's back this week. He's Trick. back this week. He's back this week. Okay. So, but and he gives him a little bit of vertical threat. But I, think I that's the concern of me. Is it looked like for me watching the game, they even when they they rush three, 
they didn't give a lot of deep safety help. They kind of pressured and took away the the intermediate and underneath throws um, to force them to to try to throw the ball deep. Well, there's so many different areas to go into. So all of those telling you how yeah, wrong. Yeah, Jim, what do you think about this, man? Jared, Jared obviously uh, felt very passionate in his yeah, uh, he did. Um, yeah, so so the Saints did what is called overlooking an opponent. It happens all the time. I have absolutely no concern whatsoever. In fact, if anybody wants, I'll give them, I'll just say a two-score game at Falcons. Saints at Falcons on Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take that bet. At the end of the day, it was much more exposing about Seattle. You're talking about the Saints offense doesn't look the same. Breeze has played three full games. Two of them he scored 35 or more. And the other one was this week. So I'm not concerned with Breeze. Or 30, 31 or more. Um, the 49ers have to be concerned because they haven't beaten anybody all season. The 49ers' best win is the Panthers at 5-4 and four, or uh, maybe the Rams at 5-4. and four. They haven't beaten anybody who has a record right now better than 5-4 and four, the entire season. And they're getting to a portion of their schedule where they're going to actually have to play competition. One thing I've noticed, now that they're playing against better teams, that pass rush is not still there. They got to Russell Wilson, but they got to Russell Wilson off blitzing. When they rush four, they got no pressure, except maybe two play. I, was, I remember the center getting – Pushed over one play, uh, but for the most part, they were Russell Wilson was getting hit because they were bringing linebackers and guys were missing protection assignments. I mean, it was like, hey, the left the left guard is going to miss this block when when there's he literally has nobody else to block. Um, I'm not as impressed. I didn't see Nick Bosa hopping off my screen, um, and that vaunted 49ers uh, defense has given up what almost sixty points in the last two games. Maybe not quite, maybe 50. But, I mean, it's not as vaunted as people think it is. So, um, as far as the kicker thing, I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Just to look at Robbie Gold for this season, everybody acts like Robbie Gold is really like an elite kicker. Robbie Gold this year, from 40 yards and out, he's 2 of 7. He is 13 out of 20. He had had one game. He had one game where... Him and the holder couldn't get it together. He missed four kicks. That's where most of that that number came from. He's got seven misses in 20 attempts this year. Let's not act like he's Justin Tucker. Um, at the end of the day, the guy made, what, four out of five? I mean, that was good enough. Overall, I think the 49ers were very, very lucky for this game to be close. Um, first off, they're playing at home in a primetime game on Monday Night Football, and Jimmy Garoppolo threw what could have been five picks. Um, there was one that he threw an interception on early. Uh, that it was called back from a defensive holding ticky-tack call on the other side of the field. Um, then he threw the interception that actually was caught and run back. Then he threw two picks. Um, oh, no, no, before that, he threw um, a play on third down on the 15, uh, on the Seattle 15. The defender dropped a pick that could have been or that, that could have stopped the drive that got them the title game up at 21-21. And then when they were down 24-21, he threw what two what should have been picks. So, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback. Um, I think the defense is good. I don't think they're elite. And I think you're going to struggle to put up points. You're going to have to play against teams that have some elite corners um, who can play press man against 
whoever whatever receivers you put out there, and I don't think they're going to be able to do much. So um, as far as the Saints go, I'm really not concerned. Not concerned in the least bit. Um, honestly, I think it was – Jeremy, would you be concerned if they lost this week? I would, but keep this in mind. I think we're going to win this week. I'm not at all on board with this, with the spread. The spread started at four and a half. I thought it was too high. Um, it got all the way up to six, and now I bet some of the you know better and better are starting to jump back on it and, and, and bet it down. It's back down to five now. Um, I'm I'm not at all a fan of that line. The Saints at at Tampa they they struggle almost every single year. They lost they won last year, but they lost the two previous years. And then last year they were coming off the loss against the Cowboys. They trailed by double digits most of the game. And then Taysom Hill blocks a punt, and we score a touchdown, and then we get the ball back and score another touchdown and win by, like, two or three. So um, I'm not a big fan of that line, especially with Marshawn Lattimore being out this week um, with a hamstring injury. They say he's week to week, so hopefully he'll be back um, by that 49ers game. But uh, I'm not going to count on too much from him because uh, he's going to have to work himself back into shape after that. That's the thing. You're, you're playing the you're playing Bucks. They got They're the only team in the league that have – Two like all pro caliber receivers. I mean, Chris Godwin is is putting out monster yeah. numbers, and Mike Evans always puts out monster numbers. And Marshawn usually does. Yeah, but we, he uh, got we towards all know. one year, one game by Mike Evans, but he usually does a pretty good job. Yeah, he didn't give up any any yards to him last game. Uh, they played against him, uh, no catches. But I mean, at the end of the day, it'll probably be a close game, and you'll see Jameis be Jameis, and we'll be fine. So, um. I'm I'm a lot more concerned about the 49ers. The 49ers have a much tougher schedule going forward. The Saints' next three games hey, man, are – that was so disrespectful. How you just what? said that and Jared didn't even say anything about it. It was like the Jameis comment. That was super disrespectful. No, I, Jameis is the turnover, turnover machine. I've been, I've been telling you all that for, for years. When, remember we had this conversation. We had this conversation uh, beginning of this year where I said Jameis was a below-average starting quarterback in the league, and you guys were like, no, he's not. And I was like – like go through. But the James list. has he's, had his moments. He's, he's not. He's a blow average. He's, he's, but but he's lost a lot of tough different. games. He has. Yeah, but he's that, a blow average. Jerry, be like six and three. But, he, but he's, Jerry, here's the thing. He's a below average. You're telling player. me. You're telling me he's a below average quarterback, and you're telling me that Kyler's above average, and Kyler's got 12 touchdowns on the season, and James has got like 25. Right, but but Jeremy, James has one of the greatest offensive minds as his coach. He's got a great coordinator with with Leftwich. He's got. Two All Pro receivers. Bruce Arians is one of the greatest offensive court, uh, coaches in football. Everywhere he goes, the quarterback looks great. He got Carson uh, Carson Palmer second for the MVP. He got a Super Bowl. Carson Palmer ben was a great quarterback before he, he got, got with him. So was Big Ben. He got Andrew Luck. He coached Andrew Luck to an eleven five record as a rookie. You, you, nobody can argue Bruce Arians' <laughs> offensive ability. All right, tell that to Ryan and, Lindsay and all those other guys who were playing with him. Ryan Lindsay was the third string quarterback after Drew Stanton and Carson Palmer got hurt. Yeah, what, like, what okay, Drew great. Look like I mean, like at the end of the day, he's cousin talented players. You just name like four number one picks. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. What's got his name? Was, like all the guy that you named that wasn't the first overall pick was Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so, but Jeremy, Jeremy. So right now, <laughs> Bruce Arians or or Cliff Kingsbury. I go Bruce Arians. But uh, Bruce Arians. I think, think Cliff is doing right. a great job. All right. though. Why offensive line for Tampa? Offensive line for Arizona? Uh, Arizona, because Tampa's line is one of the worst in football. Jeremy, Arizona has the worst line in football, according to Pro Football Focus. No, they don't. Next receivers. 
Larry Fitzgerald and Christian yeah, yeah, first, Kirk. First of all, no, as a matter of fact, I want to say I want to say that was the area that they improved. I think they're top ten. I think they were they were ranked last, but they're they're ranked no, no, top no. ten right now. They haven't given up a sack in like three or four weeks. No, I. Unless it's been recently, I can tell you they were lead. Kyle Murray was the most sacked quarterback like the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, they stopped. They stopped running. But what, what I will tell you is play. this. Well, here's here's what I'll tell you. They don't have a good line. They don't have good weapons. They don't have uh, the ability to run the ball. Even with David Johnson, their the running backs have been injured. Like Kyle Murray's playing with nothing. But here to, to get back on on topic, this is why I think the the narrative of the 49ers are – you said, though, they didn't have a great pass rush. Russell Wilson and those didn't score, and but literally except when the defense gave them the ball in inside the 49ers' territory. They were shut down the entire game. They so outgained them. You, that like, you know hey, they outgained the 49ers, right? They did because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't moving the ball. But in perspective, Jimmy Garoppolo, field goal, touchdown, then Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. So I'm, I'm not telling you that, like, oh, this – you can say, oh, who the 49ers beat. But I'm going to tell you this. Oh, yeah, I think Emmanuel you Sanders got hurt. Wait, no, 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 no. Emmanuel Sanders got hurt in the Emmanuel second Sanders half. got hurt on a punt return when they were up 10 No, he got hit on a, on a route in the second half. He was in the second half. It wasn't on a route. It was, it, it wasn't on, no, it, it was on a punt return. He got hit, and, and it is a rib injury. But it, that was on the punt return when they were up 10-0. But like I said, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that you 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 can say you have no because you haven't believed in the 49ers, and I don't. I don't expect you to just say now that you do believe in them. But I think at the end of the day, that loss was was not a bad loss. The Saints' loss. If I no, no, was no, to no, quote no. It Jeremy, was definitely a bad loss. If I, if I was to quote Jeremy, all right, make your if, last points. We got to move on to the Jeremy next from two weeks ago. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 283 yards. Two eight three. 28 to 3. The Falcons are a disgrace and we're going to kill them. I expected them to at least give us some competition. And then you lose to them. So to say that that loss yeah. isn't worse that was, than that losing to an 8-2 team where you're hold on, to say that that loss is not as bad as losing to a team that's 8-2 and two because your kicker who was out and the rookie kicker misses a 47-yard field goal dead center of the field, like that's not a bad loss. Jared, it's the difference between Golden State losing to the Lakers a few years ago when it was like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram's team when they weren't really preparing for him, and LeBron going out and losing to the Clippers right now when they when there's the primetime game and he's playing again he's playing and everybody in the world's watching. That's the difference between this, and, and you have to look at it as the Saints have a pretty simple schedule for the rest of the season. The 49ers needed to win that game. At this point, I'm not sure. I'm I don't. See them having a better record. They still have a simple schedule to finish the season. Don't you guys play the Packers still? No, we don't play the Packers. We played the Bears. Don't you so play the 49ers still? Yeah. That's part of the 49ers ridiculous schedule. So the 49ers the next three weeks have uh they got it. No, they got the Cardinals this week. So they, they better beat the Cardinals. Because they lose to the Cardinals. Their next three weeks after that are Green Bay at Ravens at Saints. And if the, if the 49ers What's the line on that? Because I'm 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 definitely I'm I might go Cardinals money line. No, uh, it's right, 11. Here's it's 11. 11. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, y'all, y'all still play the 49ers. i catch him a body before the end of the season. He's he going oh, yeah. to beat somebody y'all think he's going to beat. All, all I'm going to tell you is this. I'm not telling you that the the Saints had a chance to, to, to put themselves in prime position to get a one seed. But they not only are. did they lose. Not only did they lose. They might have lost home full advantage because of this. They didn't just lose. They lost to a division opponent, which means – 
when you go versus a tiebreaker and you look versus, let's say if, if, if the 49ers were to finish with a game better. Right now, the, the Saints are in the three spot because the Packers are undefeated versus division opponents. So then when it boils down to it, division losses hurt you a lot more than, especially to teams that you have no business losing to. And I know you think right now, oh, we're playing the Panthers twice, and we're going to kill the Panthers. Those aren't easy games, and that defense is serious. That so, defense is terrible. I mean, we'll, we'll the Panthers right now are ranked the worst run defense in football. Um, overall, this is here's the thing you're talking about. Here, you're, the difference is, I lost. We lost to a team that is so far in the rearview mirror that it doesn't matter. That was actually a terrible win for the Falcons. They just probably messed up themselves getting a top five pick. I was kind of concerned about them getting Chase Young, but now they'll probably end up with somebody else. At the end of the day, that win doesn't matter anything. The 49ers just are now only a half game up on the on Seattle, having a much tougher schedule. They're not going to win that division. They're going to end up playing a road game in Week One. And you talk about the uh, the Packers. Jerry, the Packers aren't going to win their Jerry, division. Seattle has They're the exact same schedule. The 49ers. So at the end of the day, all right, boys. All right, boys. We we stay on this topic way, way, yeah. way too long. And, but Jerry, way Jerry, last thing, Seattle. But does no, have no the last exact thing. Let's let's move 49ers. on. Lamar versus Deshaun Part Two this weekend. Jared, who you got? Go. No, I'm sorry. Jeremy, you go this time because Jared started last topic 30 minutes ago. So, Jeremy, um, who you got? Yeah. Lamar versus Deshaun, too. All right. Uh, tying these together, uh, the Ravens, who have already played Seattle and still play the 49ers, um, are going to be a tough out for anybody. Jared seems to think they're overrated. Jared has been hating on Lamar Jackson all week. He is mad at Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson because they're getting all the MVP shine and he wants to go to Deshaun, Jackson, or Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I think um, that Lamar is going to torch the um, the Houston Texas defense. I don't think they will have any answer for him. But I think if Deshaun is anything, Deshaun is a gamer. Deshaun gets up for big games. Um, if it's somebody who's coming in and it's, it's going to be, you know, not prime time, but it's going to be hyped up game. He's going to bring his A game. So I expect it to be fireworks. I think uh, you guys are going to have a lot of a lot of problem with uh, Hollywood Brown uh, because your cornerbacks are terrible and you just got Vernon Hargraves, um, who's probably not going to help very much. But, yeah, I don't think you guys are going to have very much of an answer for, for Lamar. So I think the key is whoever gets the 35 points first wins, I think it's going to be Lamar. I say 30 – Maybe thirty-five to thirty-one. What's the o- OU on this, guys? Because this might be a good game for you guys to. Yeah. Um, I'll take a look at that uh, while Jared's going. Yeah, yeah, and you can look at it. What I will say is this: Do I think that Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is a unique talent. I'm not telling taking anything away from him. I think Lamar Jackson is way a better unique than talent. He is. He I when I say he's a unique media, talent. Yeah. He he is um, better than I thought he was. I I said I want to say it was maybe it was better six than weeks you ago. He was coming out of Louisville, Jerry. You remember that season? It's like three years ago. No, but not just Louisville. He's better than I thought he was earlier this year. I said earlier this year I thought that Colin Kaepernick could do what they did with Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson yeah, on the podcast um, live. That was yeah, crazy. I did. Um, but in, in reality, if you, if you look at his numbers compared to what Cap did with under, under a similar offense, they're uh, they're similar. No, they're not uh, similar at all. They, they are. Here's here's the thing. I, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't want to get cut off, but if you if you look at it, Colin Kaepernick's last last ten starts of his career, which were the 49ers, which was a bad 49ers team. He had 16 touchdowns, four picks. 
uh, and he had a 91 quarterback rating, uh, which was what Lamar Jackson's was before he had 158 last week. So um, I think at the end of the day, Lamar is playing well. But I think what we're looking at is Lamar has one played a significantly easier schedule than than the Texans. Um, his he's played the four he's had four games versus complete cupcakes uh, complete cupcake teams. So if you look at it, he's played the Bengals twice. He's played the Dolphins when the Dolphins weren't trying, and he played the uh, the Cardinals, who de- defensively were terrible, and that was when Patrick Peterson was out. Those four games, Lamar Jackson has 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. In the other games, the other five games, he has five touchdown passes and five interceptions. Uh, so when you look at him going versus legitimate teams, um, he's not lighting up people, especially from uh, the wide receiver standpoint. Um, secondly, I, I know you said, oh, you know, Texans, they're, they're, their secondary is terrible. Secondary is not are, bad. The secondary, are, you, are you counting the running touchdowns too or are you just talking passing? I'm just talking passing. But so so I think in those games, though, Jeremy, he had um, one rushing touchdown, um, which was last week versus Cincinnati. Um, but in reality, I think when you're looking at Lamar Jackson, I think he's – I say he's a unique talent because I think Greg Roman is the best – him and Kyle Shanahan with what he did with RG3. But Greg Roman ultimately is the best at getting a mobile quarterback and designing an offense around him. I think he's going to get a head coaching job very soon. I think they're utilizing him excellently. But I think what you look at is – they take advantage of matching up versus tight ends They uh, with their tight ends. They have three excellent tight ends who can run block and catch, and that allows them to have a heavy personnel to still be able to run the ball, but then also on that, out of that heavy personnel, be able to do a run pass option and run the tight end, ends out. One of the th- things that I think the Texans do really well is they, they definitely stop the run. They're the number three uh, team in rushing defense. Um, you're looking at it, and even from a yards per rush standpoint, they're at 4.1, which I think is 14th. But I mean, if you're 0.2 less, then they'd be at like sixth. So I, I think they they do a significant job of doing that, and they do a great job of guarding tight ends. Uh, the Texans have two elite linebackers who are who are very very fast, um, and have the ability to keep up. You got Bernard McKinney, who's a Pro Bowler. Um, you got uh, Zach Cunningham, who guards tight ends extremely well and is able to spy very well. So I expect us to be able to take Lamar Jackson out of the game uh, to a large degree. I expect us to be able to control the ball game because our secondary, which has been suspect this year, is not because of a lack of talent, but it's been suspect because of the fact that we have, in our secondary, had injuries throughout. Um, we've been throwing tens and tens of, of cornerbacks in because Jonathan Joseph's missed multiple games. Bradley Roby's missed multiple games. Lonnie Johnson's missed multiple games. So we were just throwing guys in. Um, so I think I think we're going to be able to contain the game. I expect the Texans to win this game pretty handily. I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah. I, I've said that a lot. But typically when I say that, I've been right. The reason why. Handily, Jeremy, Jared. I think they're going to win the game by two touchdowns. Um, Jared, what's what the reason I think. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Outside of Jaguars, name another game you guys won by two touchdowns. Well, that was the last game. I think at the end of the day, if you look at the Texans <laughs> oh. this season. I was going to say, any other game. At, but, but here's here's what you're ignoring, though. The Texans have been injured the entire season. There, there's not – I mean, it, and that's why when, when we made the MVP case, and the reason why I feel obviously that Deshaun should be the MVP is he's the only one out of this group who's had three of his top four receivers miss multiple games. 
he's had his starting tight end miss the entire season so far. He he, he uh, got hurt before the season started. He's coming back this week, Jordan Thomas. He had his starting running back, who was a pro bowler last year, uh, miss the entire season. And his team leads the NFL and drop passes per game. And somehow they're at six and three, and he's got them there with, you know, one of the highest quarterback ratings, one of the highest QBRs, et cetera. I think right now we're finally healthy. Will Fuller's back. Kenny Stills is back. Our offensive line is back intact, and we have our secondary together. I expect them to be able to control the game the same way that the Chiefs controlled the game versus the, versus the Ravens when they were up 30 to 13. Um, so I'm going to call the game 31 17. Um, I think we run the ball uh, well versus them. I think their unique matchup is typically um, they have cornerbacks who take risk. I like Jimmy Smith. Um, I, I obviously like um, Marcus Peters, but Marcus Peters can get torched because he takes too many risks. I think we take advantage of it, burn him a couple times with Will Fuller or Kenny Stills. I got 31-17 Houston Texans. Jer. That is all cap. Yeah, that's all. That's a whole bunch of cap. Jer, so I just want to go through this because you're, you're acting like – let me ask you a question. Was Kaepernick doing what Deshaun Watson is doing right now? No. Okay, so let's just compare because I'm going to go and look at Deshaun Watson rushing and passing yards this season. He is at 27-11. He and Lamar Jackson has like twelve more rushing all right, total 20, yards. Yeah, twenty-seven thirty-eight. So he's got more yards. Um, from a touchdown standpoint, let's see how many rushing. Deshaun has twenty-three total touchdowns, and Lamar has twenty. He has twenty-one. He has six rushing touchdowns and fifteen passing touchdowns. He has the same amount of interceptions. Um, so overall, they're putting up very similar numbers. But as as I mentioned earlier in this, Deshaun's played a much tougher schedule. If you look at their their opponents' records, not facing the team. Deshaun's uh, record, the teams they're playing are five games above 500. And even if you include the even you include the Patriots and the Seahawks, who have great records, the their their entire record, they're still four. Their teams they played are four te- four games below 500. Yes, I, I can definitely respect that. But let me ask you a question: Do you think the core, who who do you think is most responsible for offensive production of the team? Deshaun Watson is clearly more more. No, 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 no. I'm saying what position do you think is most responsible? It depends. I think the if you look at the Ravens' offense, they're a run-based offense. So clearly, Lamar Jackson is the driving force of how they're scoring points. But they're scoring points because they have an they have a Pro Bowl running back, they have a great offensive line, and they're they're des, they're designing the plays that way. I don't think I don't think you can look at the 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 Ravens outside of. Look, they played four games versus four awful teams, put up massive numbers. So, like when you look at the numbers and say, "All right, well, we played the Dolphins when the Dolphins weren't trying and won fifty-nine to zero. Okay, cool. That's going to inflate the number. Or we played the Bengals when the Bengals are are starting out, trying out their rookie quarterback and they're not trying. Okay, so we blow them out. So I think you take some of these games out of the way that are teams that aren't really even NFL teams when you play them. But Jared, you guys have had worse losses and you've lost more times. Like we don't we don't have nearly a worse loss than them. Tell me a loss we have this close to the Panthers. The Panthers are five and four. They got beat by the Browns by by three they, touchdowns. They, they did lose to the Browns, but that was in like week three or four. So they're a different team sure. now. That was the if same you, week that we I, lost I, to the Panthers. I hope you don't bet with your heart, Jared, bro. Jared, that's not gonna be yeah, the quick outcome. question. No, quick that, question. That, that's the same but, week but we Jared, lost to the Panthers. Jared, you have to look at it and say they're averaging thirty three and a half points per game. Thirty three point three points per game. That's by far the best in the NFL. He's the reason they're the leading the leading offense in the NFL. They, you say, oh, oh man, was who they played? 
He put up more points than that against the Patriots. And the Patriots had the number one statistical offense in NFL uh, defense in NFL history. Like their defense also scored a touchdown, and they also I like I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson was great, but I think when you're looking at it and you're trying to compare the two, when you're looking at it, you're trying to defend Deshaun. No, no, it's it's not that because in perspective, Lamar Jackson has put up good numbers, but his numbers aren't close to Deshaun Watson's. Jerry, if he's got more yards and two yes, two less touchdowns, Jared, Jared, so he's got more yards because they they play a more open style offense. They run a more hurry up style. We we watched and you you watched the game versus the Jaguars. We had the lead. Deshaun Watson literally just handed the ball off the rest of the game. They will, you know, they were up on His the running backs have more running, yards running than y'all do though. So they, he's handing off more than you. No, no, they're not. They're, they're they have a rushing offense. What I'm telling you is this. You look at the game last week. They were they were destroying the Bengals, correct? Yes. They're running Lamar Jackson on jet sweeps. Uh, they're running Heisman formations with RG three and and Trent and Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson all in the backfield. They are they are running the score up on teams. The Texans aren't doing that. So you said, well, he had more yards. I, I I don't think that makes any any difference. What I will say is this: if you look at Lamar Jackson last week. He targeted his three tight ends more than any of their wide receivers. What are the Texans' weakness is guarding speedy wide receivers, which I would be more concerned with with Hollywood Brown. But on the other side of that, you have an offense that really doesn't target the receivers. I expect us to be able to control the game. Jared, so my last point is this. I mean, if you talk about just just from a practical standpoint, Jared, you're, you're starting to sound like Mac Kellerman when he talks about Saquon. Or if has to play for the Giants. I can like you can say, hey, I think Deshaun's better. That's fine. But when you say their numbers aren't close, one guy has more yards, the other guy has two more touchdowns, but Deshaun has four more turnovers. So, I mean, at the end of the day, those are basically identical numbers. Like, what are you talking about? Their numbers aren't they aren't close. They're like basically the same numbers. Jeremy, Jeremy. Because I just I I, I illustrated why. So d- if you look at his games, he's played two teams that were at the time, the worst teams in the history of the football. Both of those games, he had 158.3 quarterback rating and eight touchdowns. Like, I'm not going to give you credit for beating the but, Dolphins when they were completely. But you're giving Deshaun credit and, for beating and, the Falcons, who were one in seven before last week. But, like, they got the same record as the but, as the Dolphins right now. Hear me. I'm not giving him. I'm not giving Deshaun. I, well, I, yeah, I he had a perfect quarterback game. rating, right? He did. But the, are you comparing the Falcons with Matt Ryan and that team to the Dolphins and the Bengals? If you're talking about defenses, yes, they are very similar defenses. That defense just shut down the Saints. And that's Jared, no that, additions. They Jared, just shut down the Saints. Jared, Jared, that is a random in division game. That's the same defense that had seven sacks on the season, which was by far the worst in football. All right, it's so the same let's, defense. That let's was, bring it back that in. Was, I know. I know. It was rated as the worst defense in football. Game. It's going to be a very interesting game, and we're going to talk about it next week. So you know, we'll see if Jared's prediction right. Is right, and uh, the Texans win by two touchdowns. But uh, uh, the obvious big game on Saturday last week in the NCAA was LSU beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, probably one of the best games I've seen in a while. Um, Alabama made a, a triumphant comeback, but wasn't quite enough. Uh, let's start with 85, man. What do you feel about this uh, loss um, in Tuscaloosa that Alabama took, and do you think Alabama will still make the college football playoffs? Um, I don't think Alabama's getting in. I think they have too many obstacles. They put them at five, but there's they have nothing else to gain. Um, and I think when you look at it, I don't think they deserve to be in. Look, I'm not I'm not gonna be one of these people who's gonna give everybody a pass 
who don't give Clemson Tigers a pass. I heard Paul Feinbaum and all these SEC people say, Clemson, if enough teams in the SEC and the Big 12, every, they go undefeated. Clemson, has a, without a loss, they should not get in because their best win would be Texas A&M. And now we're looking at Alabama, whose best win will probably be Texas A&M. And, I get, and at the end of the day, you could say Auburn, but Auburn will likely have five losses if they lose to Alabama. Auburn, uh, Auburn lost already to LSU. They lost to Florida. So they have four losses. They lost to LSU. They've lost to Florida. They're playing Georgia this week. They will likely lose to Georgia, and then they would lose to Alabama. So your best win would be versus a four-win, a four-loss Auburn team. And then you look at it. Clemson has no ability to be able to to determine how good the conference is. ACC sucks. Everybody can can admit that. But Clemson out of conference scheduled two SEC teams out of conference. Who did Bama schedule? Bama scheduled Duke out of the ACC, who they knew. Even six, seven years ago, Duke's never had a great program. And then they scheduled two FCS that, teams. Probably, probably when this game was scheduled five years ago, Duke was playing in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Duke's never played in the ACC championship game. They just did, like, two again two years ago. I, I, I don't remember that game at all. all. All I'll tell you is this. Duke is not no, – nobody would think of Duke as a great program. They may, You may say, oh, they may have a good team. Duke's never – and then – Outside of Duke, they scheduled two FCS teams. So I can't give you credit when everybody says, oh, this was a great game. This was not a great game by Alabama. Alabama was dominated. I, this game reminded me a lot of the Kansas City-Baltimore Ravens game because they were down huge, and then LSU played too conservatively. They allowed them to get going. They scored some some free, easy points on offense. And then after that, LSU, when they the game got close, Joe Burrow was like, all right, let me go now. And then they were like, okay, let me get Edwards Hilaire the ball. And they scored whenever they wanted to. And the thing I told you guys ahead of time, I said, Alabama doesn't have a good defense. My prediction before this game was that Alabama would lose. And I said the score was going to be around 50 to 45. I said both teams struggle on defense. Neither one of them have great a great defense, except I said LSU had a great cornerback with Derek Stingley. Stingley got exposed that game. Devontae Smith did work on him. Um, and so I think when you look at it, Alabama, they, they sh- I don't think they have enough meat on the bone. What they're going to need to have happen so who's, for who's them gonna, to who's get gonna make it over them. I'm going to, I'm going to say what they're going to need to have happen is they're going to need Minnesota to lose twice. Everybody, oh, you think, oh no, if Minnesota beats, uh, this weekend, Iowa, and then beats Wisconsin, and then loses a close game to Ohio State in the in the, in the Big Ten championship. They will not. They would get in over Alabama. Sure, they would. They would. They would have. They would have three significantly better wins Jared, than Alabama has. Jared, imagine. And if Minnesota, let's say they did all that, and you put Minnesota in a bowl game against Alabama, what would the spread be? I'm not. I'm not going off spread though. Because I think right now, I mean, Alabama was a six and a half point favorite against LSU. That doesn't mean who's the better team. So I, I think when you look at it, you can't you can't make these justifications because oh, that's Alabama. No, what you have to do is look at it and say, all right, how much of this is based on the perception of Alabama versus the reality of Alabama? Alabama's last couple games they played, there were big games. They didn't look good in. They got destroyed by, by Clemson last year. They got manhandled in this game by LSU. And you look at that defense, the defense is trash. And the only argument you can make is Tua wasn't 100%. That's the only argument that you possibly can make. But if you're looking at it from the other side, 
if Oregon and Utah went out and played the Pac-12 championship game, they're both getting in over. If so Baylor wins let's, out, let's just put the Baylor's team. getting in over them. If Minnesota beats those teams and then loses, I think they get in over them. But let's just say, okay, Oregon Oregon has lost to who? They lost to Auburn. Okay, so they lost to Auburn. So you mean to tell me if it's a one-loss Oregon team that lost to Auburn and a one-loss Alabama team that beat Auburn, do you think the one-loss Oregon team is going to get in over Auburn? I mean, over, over Alabama? Yeah, I do, and I'll tell you why. One, Oregon would have won their Pac-12 championship. Two, Oregon dominated that game versus Auburn and lost. But they dominated. And three, but they lost. It was the first. It was the first game of the season. So I compare that to when Ohio State. That first CFP, they lost the opening game to what to Virginia Tech, and then they rolled off was it eleven straight games to to win, and then they had an impressive win because they beat Wisconsin in the bowl game. I think it's going to be tough to leave out because if Oregon and Utah both win, then they're going to be both two top seven teams in the country. So if you you in a weekend where you played an extra game beat another top ten team. I don't think you can leave them out, especially considering that the Pac-12 has been left out multiple years. And the last thing I'll tell you, they have to worry about what if Georgia beats LSU. Georgia clearly is going to be in there, and LSU clearly is going to be in over them. So I think there's – But Georgia's not going to beat LSU. Georgia's terrible. Uh, Georgia's not terrible. Georgia yeah. has one of the best defenses in the country. And LSU, I'm telling you, LSU barely beat Auburn. LSU barely beat Texas, who's not very good. LSU – I thought they controlled the game versus Bama, but then you give up a cover zero blitz where you where you give up a eighty yard bomb at the end. I I don't think it'd be far fetched for in a game in Georgia in the Georgia Dome or Georgia, in the Mercedes Benz Dome here. Georgia lost to South to, Carolina. To, they they trail for the for the majority of the first half against Tennessee. Like Georgia's not good. Yeah, they looked good last week though. All I'm going to tell you is this: I think Bama should not get in unless. Both Pac-12 teams take two losses. Georgia obviously loses again, and Minnesota has two losses. I think all and Jerry, Baylor doesn't. Jerry, you can't make Jerry, Jerry. You're you're literally just trying to say because it it's Alabama. There's no, no legitimate argument you can make. Got no, the no, benefit no, no. of doubt no, every year. There's no legitimate argument you can make to say a one-loss Minnesota team deserves to get an over one loss uh Alabama team. It's just it's not it's not realistic. Like, yes, it, it is. I'm I, Jeremy, so so here's the question then. If I told you you have one team who played five top twenty five teams and they so they played five of those top twenty five teams and they lost to a team that's in the playoffs in Ohio State. They would have beaten the top 10 Penn State team, the number four team at the time. They would have beaten the top 15 team in Wisconsin. They would have beaten the top 25 team in Iowa. Like, like you, and you look at it and you say, all right, they're going to, so, they're going to have look, one close loss to, a, to Ohio State in a Big Ten championship game and an extra game more than Alabama played. And Alabama best win would be Auburn's second best win would be Texas A&M. And they're going to get but, in. But just you, but wait, no, 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 no. So you're going to say Auburn would have four losses. Can you tell me if uh, Minnesota wins that game, how many games, how many losses will, will uh, Iowa have? How many do they have now? Three. So they will have four. Three. They have four losses. Yeah. But that wouldn't be their best win. That would be Alabama's best win. That would be Minnesota has in this case. Or, uh, that would be their third best win. Okay. Wisconsin has how many losses? Two. 
So that'll be their third loss too. And then they still got to play. Do they play? I don't think they play Ohio State this year, do they? Wisconsin? Yeah. They already lost to Ohio State. That was one of their losses. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Um, oh, yeah, that's the game I bet on. They um, they choked it away. So they will literally not have a real legit. Like, do you really think Penn State is legit? Nobody, like, nobody's looking at these teams going over. Oh man, Minnesota's legit. Like, if if I'm not telling you that I think Minnesota is a better team than Alabama, I don't. But I think this this is the standard you have to set. It's not. We can't make these rules and exceptions for Alabama because they're Alabama. And then not make those. I think the, the the biggest stickler I've been is be consistent. If as we said on the podcast, if LSU jumps Clemson, I have no problem. You know why? LSU played a tougher schedule and they beat great teams. I'm fine with them jumping Clemson. Ohio State jumps Clemson. I'm cool with that. They've played a tougher schedule and they've dominated. Let me ask you a question. Alabama had Alabama. Wait, let me finish. Alabama had no business jumping Clemson because Alabama had played the identical schedule of Clemson, except not as tough. And they had not been dominant on their schedule. So when you look at a game when they played Tennessee and they struggled for the majority of the game versus Tennessee, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt just because they're Alabama. Do you think it's – which one do you think is a bigger indictment, losing to LSU by five points or almost losing to UNC? Oh, it's easily losing to LSU because here's the difference. One, Clemson won the game. Two, the game wasn't a five-point game. Just because you throw a Hail Mary pass at the end of the game to get that last touchdown. The game the game was out of control for – I mean, I would tell you there, there's the stat of game control. LSU had game control probably 80% of that game. So I, I don't look at that game and say, oh, you know, well, Alabama was this close to winning the game. I never thought there was a point in time where Alabama was going to win the game. I didn't either. I mean, but that's because LSU is the best team in the country. At the end of the day – that's what they showed. I, I said uh, a long time ago that uh, I think it was week two when we were going through um, that Joe Burrow, my dark horse, will win the Heisman. Uh, it's not looking like a dark horse anymore. It looks like more like a already like a conclusion that's already happened. Um, and I think LSU is going to win the title. I think, I think Joe Burrow is going to go number one in the draft. And uh, we'll see how he does on the next you, level. You actually think LSU with that defense is going to win a title, though? Because here's the thing. I'm not telling you. Right, last point, L- guys. I, I'm not telling you LSU can't win a title. But what I will say is LSU, every game they played versus a legitimate offense, has given up basically 40 points. They gave up 38 to Texas, and it would have been 45 had the guy not dropped the wide open ball in the end zone. They gave up 43 to Alabama. They gave up uh, versus Florida, who doesn't have a great offense. They gave up 35. I don't think that defense is good enough to keep them in games unless Joe Burrow is going to be lights out every possession and score basically every possession. That is, last that thing, is my theory. Joe Burrow will do that every possession. And la- I don't believe that. And lastly, I will say, I, I was listening to um, to one scout who said he didn't think Joe Burrow was a first-round quarterback. And um, No, I knew it was. It was Chris Sims. Chris Sims said he didn't think he was a first-round quarterback. He thought he could be a starter. I don't get that. I like, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I, I still would take Trevor Lawrence in a big big game over Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's switch to some NBA, fellas. Uh, Doncic and Trey Young, Trigger Trey from uh, the Hawks, uh, obviously t- two of the best young players in the league right now. Um, a year later, uh, after the trade, um, with them both playing so well, guys, who, who, who do we feel are, is has the most, I guess, upside, and who would you take? Uh, if you were to do that, redo that draft. Let's start with uh, Jeremy on this. This is an interesting trade. Um, 
at the beginning, everybody said, look how stupid the Hawks look. Typical Hawks move. You traded Luka Doncic to get a little trade young who can't hit a shot in this little all the summer league games. And now look at what's going on. Trey Young is out here nutmegging people in the middle of the game, pulling up for the, pulling up for jumpers, turn around, talking junk to the bench. I love watching Trey Young play. He's so exciting. I'm gonna say they definitely won this trade. Not only did they get Trey Young, they also got um a first round pick. Unfortunately, they wasted that first round pick by drafting Cam Reddish. But nonetheless, uh, I think this was a superstar move for, by them. Um, I think Doncic is good, but he's such a liability on defense. I mean, he is. So is Trey. Well, no, he's not nearly as bad um, because he's a point guard. And, and you can – the thing about Trey is Trey can move his feet. And he he pretty much – you generally have a line of defense for the point guard if you can move your feet. Luka Doncic is like Jabari Parker bad on defense. Like, Luka Doncic is literally on every single play, okay, bring whoever Luka's guarding, have them set a screen, all right, I've got ISO, I got a ISO on uh, Luka, everyone clear out, and I'm going to go at Luka. That's pretty much what you're dealing with. It would look even worse if you didn't have 7-3 uh, Porzingis down there kind of man in the paint. But overall, I like both these kids' games. I would go with, uh, with Trey Young just because I think uh, he's going to have – a little more upside in the, in the in the long term. I think the point guard position is a more valuable position than the I don't know swing forward is what he's playing um, in 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 the new NBA. Um, and I think he can you can mix and match his, his skill set with someone else who's great. So I, I really like Trey, um, and I would go with Trey. Eighty five. So I think this is an interesting discussion to have um, based off of. I'm not comparing Luca to Trey. Uh, in the trade um, as great as Trey is. I don't think that's, that's a fair comparison. Um, I think Trey is, is a great player. Um, he's much better than I thought he was. I saw him in person in college and I didn't think he was going to work because he had such poor shot selection. Um, I mean, I, I was at the NCAA. He still tournament. does. He just makes it. Yeah, he does. But I, but I'll give you, I'll give you an example of how bad the poor shot selection was. I was at the game. They were playing, um, not old Rhode Island. In the NCAA tournament when he was at Oklahoma, it was a tie game with maybe 40 seconds to go in the game, and he shot a shot literally from the logo. He shot from the circle at half court, and it wasn't close to going in. And I was like, I get you trying to go two for one, but that was such a bad shot. And then literally, like, once that happened, I knew they weren't, they weren't going to win the game. But I think when you look at Luka Doncic, is Luka a liability on defense? Yes, he is. But you know who Luka Doncic is? Luka Doncic is a, a better version at this age of James Harden. He has a ridiculous step back. He has the ability to see the entire floor. He's 6'9". He's, and he's playing basically point. But the, the narrative that people are giving me that, oh, yeah, these point guards are, the, are, are more important than a wing. No. Point guards have never been more important than wings. Even when you look at oh, – and I think I get the, the narrative. The, the, the general manager for the Hawks was – on the staff with Golden State. And he said at the time he was trying to build a Golden State East. He thought he, he saw Trey Young and he thought he, he reminded him a lot of Steph Curry coming out. And you're seeing a lot of the similarities, except for the fact that I think Steph had a much better shot selection. But, and also on the other end, um, when Steph got, got there, he had, you know, the randomness of uh, Monte Ellis taking 900,000 bad shots. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, 
I think they're doing a good job building around Trey Young in Atlanta. But Luka Doncic is already, in my opinion, a top 15 player in the league. I don't think that's that's very debatable. No, no, it is I think very Trae debatable. Young, you got to be able to play defense to be a top 15 player in the league. So James Harden in the top 15 player in the league? James Harden plays way better defense than he does. No, no. Here's the thing. You can't make an argument of him not being a top 15 player in the league. There's not, there's not 15 players in the league who you could say, on, 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 especially on any kind of given night, that has the impact that he has. The reason they're winning games is because of his ability to be able to stretch the floor with his shooting, his ability to be able to score and hit clutch shots because he hits a ton of big shots, and his ability to set up his teammates. I think, obviously, I said at the time, and I still stick with it, everybody was so high on Zion, and I said, as great as, as everybody thinks Zion's going to be, if I was building a team around a player, the first pick in the draft would be for me, would be Luka Doncic. Because there's not a real thing that I feel like he can't do. I think he like, he's not a great again. defender. <laughs> it, it, I, I will tell you this. Luka Doncic is very similar to what Dirk was. Dirk couldn't defend. But if you can't stop him on offense, they'll, get, they'll well, figure well, out a way I mean, to Dirk, do it. Dirk was a much you, you better can, You can scheme. You're looking at Doncic who shoots 31.7% for three. I mean – but Doncic is a much much better ball handler. Doncic is a much better passer, and Doncic shoots a high percentage from the field. He's he's an efficient player. He's not the shooter that Dirk is, but offensively, he's especially at twenty years old. Like he'll develop a three point shot. He already can shoot it now. He just he's not a great shooter. He'll develop to become a more, a, a more balanced shooter. You don't find talents like like Luka Doncic except once in a generation. I always hate that expression once in a generation because it's a new one every every week. Um, like they say, Anthony Davis is a once in a generation. LeBron's a once in a generation. I mean, I don't think Anthony Davis is a once in a generation, but I think Luka Doncic is the the best player at that age to come into the league since LeBron. So, so Luka Doncic right now at that age is better than Kevin Durant was at that age. No, he's not. Yes. But- He's not. I, I Here's you're, the thing. Play, you're playing in the Kevin league Durant, to, where, to where they've made the league so soft that players are just going off putting up these ridiculous offense numbers. It's like Luka Doncic. Yeah, Kevin, Durant, Luka Kevin Doncic. Durant came in the league when the league was soft as well. Like, let's not act like this league Luka has Doncic, gotten so. Luka Doncic said last year that it's much, harder, it's much easier to score in the NBA than it is playing in Europe. Like, I mean, that's that's where, it is. where we are. Like, you can't even. It, it is a much tougher game to play in Europe. One, the, the game is not nearly a space. The three-point line isn't as far back, so it compresses the game. There's a lot of different rules that they have in Europe that allows you to play a lot more physical well, than it does in the NBA where they wanted to be more. But, I mean, but at the end of the day, Kevin Durant has played in that exact same era. It's not like the league all of a sudden got soft. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Durant's since been in the league test since 07? Like the league hasn't been that soft that long. It hasn't. Yes, it has. Jared, the, so, so you mean to tell me that when you had, for example, Carmelo Anthony and Kobe Bryant going at it in the late two thousands, that they were they that that those those things right now would be allowed in the NBA right now? Yes, it's just simply not true. At the end of the day, Luka Doncic is putting up great stats. I would agree somewhat with the James Harden comparison. I think he's going to be putting up great numbers for his entire career. Um, not necessarily shooting a great three point percentage, but I, I like his I, I like his game. He has you know a great step back. I think he's got some grit, but athletically, I, I question his ceiling. Um, I don't know. I, I don't ever think he could be a, a, a best player on a championship team. I think he's that skill that he overcomes his lack of 
any athletic ability that he doesn't have, he overcomes I, that I, with skill. I agree, but I think yeah, uh, I think he's, I think I think he's a Carmelo Anthony athlete. Yeah, he no, is. no, no, he's he, not he, a Carmelo he, Anthony athlete. You know, a good athlete, Car- Jerry, stop. Um, Jerry, I don't think you understand how good of an athlete Doncic is. You compare yeah, him Don- to like some of the best athletes in the world. He's he's not a bad athlete. You know, he's, 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 he's like a LeBron, like freak. Jabari Parker is no, not an elite athlete. No, and, and, and at the end of the day, here, here's what I will tell you. Luka Doncic gets space whenever he wants to. There's not a player who can guard Luka where Luka can't get his shot off clearly. And, and so if you're, if you're going versus anybody and you say, all right, I, I think of the comparison for him would be he's a Carmelo Anthony who's a much better ball handler and passer, but not obviously he doesn't have the – He has a better handler than Carmelo? Thing. Yes, he does. He's he's a he's a better ball handler. Now Carmelo has a, a as I was saying, has a better offensive repertoire where he has some moves to get to. But Luka Doncic, Carmelo couldn't run point. Like he he just didn't he didn't have the the ball handling or the vision. I think Luka Doncic has the ability uh, to where he can be the best player on a championship team. I think the Dallas Mavericks will be a team that wins the title in the next six seven years. All right, let's see. Well, let's go into uh, you guys' picks last week, and let's talk about who you guys have uh, this coming week. Uh, let's see here. Last week's picks. Jeremy was even last week, and he's down four hundred bucks on the season. Uh, obviously, they agreed on everything last week, so they're even uh, on all fronts last week. So Jared's even as well, and he is plus six hundred bucks on the season. Since Jeremy is obviously a loser right now, <laughs> uh, let's start with him. Jeremy, uh, how do you plan to uh, overcome this thousand bucks that your brother's got you beat by? I mean, I lost it in one week, so I can gain it right back in one week. Overall, um, let's just go through my games for this week, or go through the games from last week. So, where Jeremy was right. I was right about Seattle. I knew they'd win that game because the 49ers were overrated. I said it on the podcast last week. No one wanted to believe me. Here we are. Uh, another, Another game I was right about, the Raiders. I picked the Raiders to win that game straight up. So, I on the podcast, I took it two and a half and um i was gonna be very very mad after the carlson missed the extra point when they were what it would wish we would put them up three if the if the charges had come back and kicked the field goal i would have been so mad but yeah uh they got the stop so i won that one um and then the push was um the bills plus three against ball uh, against the browns um that ended up being a push the two games i lost obviously the saints lost uh i didn't see that coming um and then the other game was one that had I known, I would have changed it. But, you know, we do the podcast, and it kind of is what it is. Matthew Stafford pulls out. If he was playing, they would have won that game by double digits. So, um, going to my games for this week, we'll, I'll kind of make this real quick. So, the first game I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Steelers plus three at Browns. I don't trust the Browns. I trust the Steelers' defense. Um, I think that the, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick has been, you know, vital to their defense being great. He gives them a little extra time in the secondary, and Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, uh, the whole crew really has is, is been monsters on the defensive line, so I think they'll get to Baker, and I think you'll probably see, um, you know, I, I heard Baker already making comments about the fans and stuff like that again, so, I mean, Baker being Baker, so they'll probably lose again like they always do. Um, next game I'm betting on, I'm going to go Falcons plus five and a half against the Panthers. Um Honestly, this is not a game I would normally bet on. I'm not a fan of a lot of the lines on this um, on this week. So 
Uh, I'm going to say plus five and a half, mainly because I just don't think the Panthers are that good. I think their run defense is suspect. Uh, the Falcons last week had a lot of success running the ball um, against us, and I think they'll probably try to continue that. If uh, if they don't, they're being stupid. Dirk, Dirk Cutter um, was running the the ball at a below uh, for the lowest rate in history of the NFL before last week, and then all of a sudden last week he comes into the game plan and starts running the ball every play. So um, if they're smart, they'll stick with that. Um, the next game I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Dolphins plus six. Uh, the Dolphins are playing against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have struggled the last few weeks. The Buffalo Bills could and should have lost to the Dolphins at Buffalo a few weeks ago. And I think the Dolphins are really starting to get on a roll. I think they're, they're, they're seeing what they, um, that they have some talent still left on the team. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick going back to his old home that gave him a, like, what do you have, a five- or six-year deal with Buffalo. Ron Fitzpatrick going back to his old teams always seems to play very hard. So I think that's going to be, um, you know, a, a great game. Um, but I think the Dolphins will be, definitely cover that. Um, I've got the Cardinals plus 10 and a half against the 49ers. Um, I, I mean, the 49ers are all right. I don't think the 49ers are great. I don't think they're going to dominate that game. I could see the Cardinals straight up winning it. If not, uh, at least, you know, pushing the spread. And then lastly, my last game of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs at Char. It says at Chargers, but it's really in Mexico City. Uh, they're minus three and a half. Games like that, I'll just give you a couple. Just just a little betting betting note. Games like that, Chiefs minus three and a half. I will pay for the extra half point to get it down to three. Um, let's see, there's one other one. Um, Falcons, I probably paid a half point to get it to six. Dolphins, I might play the full point to get it to seven. A lot of times I don't like to sit on those numbers. So um, I'll take it three and a half because we do them straight up on here. But if you're betting, you're foolish to sit at three and a half. Either wait till it gets down to three or bet it down to three, but definitely get it to one of those key numbers. So um, last week I was even uh, as well. We didn't have the exact same picks, but um, a couple of the games we had the same. Um, My picks for the week were I said – Obviously, the Saints were going to beat the Falcons by more than 10. Clearly, that was wrong. Um, my other game, I picked the 49ers to cover versus Seahawks. Did not expect their entire team to fall apart. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, my wins, I told you the Dolphins might beat the Colts, and I said they're definitely not losing by 11 points. So the Dolphins actually beat the Colts. Um, the other games I picked, I, I said that uh, I was going to take the Bills plus three. Uh, that was a push. So, uh, Let me ask you a question. Yeah, did I, I, did, I, I wasn't sure at the time. Did you know that Jacoby Brissett wasn't playing? Yes. I said at the time, I said I said I thought Brian Horry was going to be playing, and if Brian Horry was playing, then that was – Yeah, you know, I, that I remember you not, saying that. I, just didn't, I didn't know if it was like official at that time or if it came out after that. That's why I wouldn't no, – I didn't touch it. Yeah, and then um, and then you got now – and the other game I had was the Vikings versus the Cowboys, which I said I thought the Vikings would win straight up. I was correct on that. Um, this week, I got some games that I feel really confident about. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to go back to the to the well. I'm going to take the Dolphins uh, plus six points versus the Buffalo Bills at home. One, it's still hot in, in, in Miami. What it doesn't happen a lot of times is people don't factor in the temperature change from going from a climate like Buffalo to a place like Miami where it's probably going to be 85 degrees at game time. That is an adjustment. Also, the Bills versus the Dolphins, even when the Dolphins were tanking earlier in the season, was a close game because Josh Allen can't throw the ball. So 
I'm getting six points. I got a team with the Dolphins has won back-to-back games. The week before they 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 won back-to-back games, they were up 14 points on the Steelers before they do it, did a dumb cover zero blitz. So I think the Dolphins are playing at a high level. They're confident. And I actually trust Ryan Fitzpatrick more than I trust Josh Allen. So if I'm getting six points, I'm going to take the Dolphins plus six. Next game. I like the the uh, Denver Broncos plus 10.5 versus the Vikings. Everybody's going to tell me about, oh, yeah, the Vikings, they're, they're on a roll. But here's the thing. The Broncos just beat the, the Browns in a in pretty convincing fashion. And then they got a bye week, so now they get the rest up. And their defense should be able to get after Kirk Cousins. I'm not thinking they're going to win the game. I'd probably have the Vikings winning by seven. But if you're giving me right now 10.5 points, I'm going to take the Broncos plus 10.5. Next game, Texans-Ravens. I said Texans, I think, are going to win by two touchdowns, especially if you're giving me four points. This is going to be a game where I'm going to, going to boost my lineup a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take the, the the Texans for $500 in this game. I don't think this is a game that I'm really uh, concerned about at all, them covering. I expect the game, as I said, to be a very controlled game by the Texans. So um, the first two bets are at 200 The The Texans bet at 500 Last two games, I'm going to get $50 uh, just because it. I'm, I'm taking the Steelers versus the Browns. So Baker Mayfield is calling out his own fans now. I think I told you guys that Baker Mayfield was the most overrated player in the league before the season started. I had all this hate mail coming in on, on my, my Facebook and everything. But, hey, I guess now you guys are starting to see what I said. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to – I get three points. I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. Minka Fitzpatrick at the time, as I told you guys, that was a great pickup because Minka Fitzpatrick was called by Nick Saban, one of the greatest players he's ever coached. And what has he done? He got to the Steelers, and in my opinion Jerry, right stop. now, he's the defensive player of the year. He's got two defensive – He's got, there's no stop what he's got two catches uh, he's got two let, interceptions against the Dolphins he's got a a fumble return for a touchdown you don't get credit for that and then what else he got he's got one pick six Jeremy Minka Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. this season um if, if you look at Minka Fitzpatrick's stats he's got two touchdowns he's got five interceptions he's got multiple sacks he's got multiple fumble recoveries and since he got there their defense went from being not good to being elite. I'm not sure another defensive player who can, who can make a legitimate argument versus who, who what made the best passes done. Then, uh, I'll get to my, my next pick, and then stretch. I'll let you go. Who they played during that stretch? You said what? Uh, during that stretch, they played the Ravens and controlled them for a lot of the game, even with a third string quarterback. They played the Dolphins. Clearly, that's not a, that's not a, uh, a good game. They played the uh, the Colts, which they controlled, but obviously Brissett got hurt. But Brissett wasn't doing anything before he got hurt. Um, they played last week versus uh, the Rams, where they completely shut down the game. And if I'm not mistaken, who's the other team they played? Mm, I couldn't tell you the other one. But with that being said, right now, Mika Fitzpatrick would be my defensive player of the year. But last game, and I think this is the easiest bet, I get the Jets, and I'm not a fan of the Jets. I told you guys when Jeremy said bet the Jets to make the playoffs, and I think that's crazy. They're playing the Redskins, and they're getting a point and a half? Huh? and Dwayne Haskins is starting for the rest of the season. I told you guys before the draft, I thought Dwayne Haskins was a bust. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. When I said about Patrick Mahomes, I said I thought he was he was a newer version of, of Josh Allen. Uh, I was wrong. I admitted it. When I said I thought Lamar Jackson was limited, I thought he was going to be uh, – I thought Colin Kaepernick could play that position better than he could play it. I was wrong. I'll admit it. I told you, though, and I've been right on more of those than I that I told you guys Mr. Trubisky was terrible. Told people no, never paid Jared Goffel. Uh, but in this case, 
I'd said before the draft, I thought Dwayne Haskins threw nothing but screen passes last year in games that mattered. I thought he threw to fast receivers, and those receivers were able to, especially like games versus Michigan, they were so much faster than DBs in the Big Ten that they could literally throw throw a slant route. The guys could take it the distance. And I've seen so far, he struggled. I'm going to take the Jets and their ability to get after the quarterback. Although they got real Leonard Williams, I, I still think with Greg Williams and his ability to blitz, they can get after the quarterback. They can confuse him. And I think the last thing is, I think you got to look at the fact that Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. So I get a point and a half. I'll take that. So to recap, $50 on the Jets to cover the point or to, man, they're, to cover the plus one and a half points that they have. Um, then I have uh, $500 on the Texans to cover the four points, uh, the plus four they have versus the Ravens. Uh, yeah, it's, it's free money. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm telling you, I don't think that game's going to be either. very competitive at all. So I put $500 on the – yeah, and, and you think of the wrong way, and it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. 500 on that game. I got uh, – the other games I had, I had 200 on the Dolphins' bills. Uh, Dolphins – Plus six. Um, I got two hundred dollars on the uh, Broncos plus ten and a half, and I had another fifty dollar bet that was on. I said the I said the Jets Redskins already. It was the the Steelers Browns. All right, well, dope fellas. Um, obviously, going to see uh, where you guys land uh, next week. Uh, we've got quite a well. Jared has quite a bit of money on a couple big games, so. Um, he's going to either make a big swing uh, to the to the negative and or a big swing to the positive, and Jeremy, Jeremy's probably going to be um, probably stuck behind if he doesn't make a big move this week. But we shall see. Uh, any any final thoughts, fellas, before we get up out of here? Yes, I do. First and foremost, any of you guys that are not listening to 85's weekend picks, you missed out on one this weekend. I told you I'm guys, I told you ahead of time. I said this was I said the Clemson NC State game was the easiest bet of the year. I said Clemson is pissed off with the ranking and NC State got beat by 34 points by Wake the previous week and Clemson was only a 32 point favorite. Clemson was up 42 to 0 at halftime. They were up 28 to 0 at the end of the first quarter. Um so that one I was I gave you three games. I gave you two upsets. And I was correct on all three games. If you would have taken the exact bets I said, I said take Minnesota straight up versus Penn State because Penn State's not that good and Minnesota has a, has a, a an elite coach and is a better team than you think. I said take LSU straight up versus Alabama because I don't think Alabama is very good on defense and I think Joe Burrow will be able to, t- to torch them. And I said to take Clemson minus the 32 points. If you would have parlayed you could have taken $100 and turned it into a smooth $1,100. But hey, yeah. wow. uh, the pick for this week—that's real talk, though, man. You were—I mean, uh, you were. Yeah, yeah you were on yeah. fire this past weekend, the, the man. Pick I, I give you that. The pick for this what week, you, saying, I don't, any, you might want to check thoughts? those lines. I'm not sure if it's still up now. Um, I got in at Alabama minus twenty and a half against Mississippi State. Seems simple enough to me. Well, you know why that line is that way? It's because Mississippi State is terrible. But the reason that line is that way is because Tua is likely to miss the game. Tua need to sit down somewhere before he loses money trying to trying to risk his whole career and life for Nick Saban. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, as always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to us another week. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm, I'm sorry I missed you guys last week, but had some uh, 
personal things to attend to. My brother-in-law getting married, but, you know, it was a great time in Chicago. Ate a lot of food. Happy to be back before the snow. But, yeah, so I'm back. So, uh, uh, like I said, appreciate you guys tuning in. Follow us on all IG. Uh, all, follow us on IG, rather. Uh, me, Rose underscore podcast. And we will get with you guys next week. Yeah.